you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. Well, this month, as we said, we are going to be celebrating the Reformation. Some of you very familiar with these truths. Some of you trying to figure out what in the world are they talking about and why. Um, Why this month? Um, Why October 31st? Were they just trying to find a way to distract people from ghosts and goblins? I mean, is that really what this is all about? Just kind of doing the same thing that the Roman Catholic Church did in order to try and get the people in the British Isles to have something else to do instead of just honoring Samhain, Lord of the Dead. Uh, Well, no, actually, there is a real valid reason why October 31st is the day we celebrate the Reformation. And that is that there was a Roman Catholic priest by the name of Martin Luther, a very flawed man, who was aware that he was a very flawed man. But he felt, and I'm not going to give you his whole biography. Someone else will do that this month. But he felt such guilt over his sin and such terror of a holy God that he tried all kinds of things in order to make things right with God. And no matter what he did to try and punish himself, deny himself, he knew rightly that it was not enough. You and I cannot do something in order to justify ourselves in God's sight. Because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And as I say from time to time, we've already thrown up in the soup. Okay, You can't just add other ingredients to try and compensate. It doesn't work that way. We've spoiled the whole thing. We deserve God's wrath. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a gift. You don't earn it. You don't pay for it. You receive it. You receive it by faith. But that isn't what was being taught in the Roman Catholic Church at that time. Instead, for centuries, they had moved further and further and further from the truth of the gospel. So much so that by the time Martin Luther became a priest and finally was able to study the scriptures for himself, he was horrified to see the difference between what he had been taught and believed, and what the Scripture said. Paul's letter to the Romans in chapter 1, 
was what God used to pierce his heart and give him hope for the first time. The hope of the gospel. I'm going to read from Romans 1 and from 1 Corinthians 15. This is God's word. Romans 1, 16 through 17. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. In 1 Corinthians 15, we read these words. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you've taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you've believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Paul says, I want to remind you of what that gospel is. He says in Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for the salvation of those who believe. Writing to the Corinthians, he says, let me remind you what the gospel is. This is what you heard. This is what you believed. This is what you have to stand on if you really are saved. If you depart from this, you're not saved. So did we lose our salvation? No. Jesus said, I will say to them, I never knew you. 1 John says they went out from us because they were not of us. Because if they were of us, they would not have gone out from us. So, the gospel, the gospel is all about Jesus who died for our sins. Don't miss the next phrase. According to the scriptures. He was buried and that he was raised on the third day According to the scriptures, may God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. There is a move today among those who call themselves evangelical to want to promote the gospel, but the scriptures can be embarrassing. They say things that just don't fit with modern culture and really go against our flesh, okay? There's a whole bunch of stuff in the Bible that just, well, you know, I I don't know another way of saying it except that it's, it's it's a hard sell, okay? It's just really tough. People don't like a lot of the stuff that's in the Bible. It just seems so outdated. Years ago, my father had a really cool Oldsmobile Cutlass coupe. I loved that car. It wasn't the 442, it just had a 350 V8, but let me tell you, that was plenty. You could step on that accelerator and it would put you back in the seat. I loved 
driving that car. But early on, we, we noticed that the Michelin tires with a 40,000-mile warranty on the tread, which back then was unbelievably high, those, those tires were wearing badly. So we took it into the place to have it worked on, and they said, well, your problem is your front end is out of alignment. Now, you couldn't look at the car and tell it was out of alignment. Looked fine. Handled still remarkably well. But the tires were revealing the fact that the front end was not aligned properly. Okay, what does that have to do with anything? What Scripture does is it shows us where we're out of alignment. We're out of alignment. It's not the Bible that needs to change. It's us. You and I are all born headed in the wrong direction. We're not just misaligned. We're headed for destruction. God's Word shows us that we need a Savior, and that that Savior is Jesus. But then, even after we're saved, God's Word continues to correct us, to say, no, no, that's not right, this is right. And it's like, I don't like that. Well, tough darts, Agnes, keep chewing. This is, is not optional stuff. Please notice, the gospel is that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Paul twice emphasizes what Jesus emphasized after he was risen from the dead. He said to his disciples, you are so slow to believe what the scriptures said. All this had to happen this way because God's word said so. And he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Even before he went to the cross. Jesus would say repeatedly to the religious leaders of his day who had vast quantities of scripture memorized, you err because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. They would ask him a question. He'd say, have you never read? And he would take them back to the scriptures. Why? I'm going to say it for the umpteenth time because this is God's word. This is God's word. So I, I just, I, this is God's word. This is not my word. I didn't write this book. Well, but people, people wrote this book. Yeah, but... People wrote this book as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit of God. This book is God-breathed. Well, how do we know that these are the right scriptures? Because God is the one who was revealing himself through his word. Have you ever really wanted to make a difference in this world? You can. It's possible for you to be a part of a miraculous place where God is doing a work of healing in the lives of children who come from difficult circumstances. Where's Valley Ranch is a ministry that belongs to Jesus. He owns the place. 
My wife and I had the opportunity to be here when it was started. And we have watched God work miracle after miracle, providing when only 2% of the income of the ranch comes from the families of the children in our care. We take no government money. We have a policy of no debt. And that means every day that we operate, it's because God is working in the hearts of people who want to help children. You can make a difference that lasts for eternity, and I hope you will. Contact the ranch at wvr.org, or you can call us at 866-41-ABIDE. Let us hear from you. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is And is holding out his hand When Luther was able to read the Bible for himself, he realized what I've been being taught, what I've believed, and what they're teaching is false. And there was a particular thing that the church was teaching at that time that was especially offensive. There was a whole lot that was messed up. But there was a particular thing they were doing because it enabled them to raise money. They were in the religion business. The Pope wanted to build magnificent structure in Rome called St. Peter's Basilica. And St. Peter's Basilica, which would honor St. Peter, the first Pope, the, the head of the church, you know, it would honor him, supposedly. That building was very expensive. It was going to be very elaborate, very fancy. It's still there to this day. I haven't been to Rome, but I've seen lots of pictures and videos, and it's amazing. Utterly amazing. Beautiful. Now, how are we going to get the money? Well, I got it. We'll have an imaginary place called Purgatory. So that some folks who know that mom wasn't really headed for heaven, okay? I mean, if you look at mom's life, we just just hope she's not in hell. Oh, she's not, she's not. She's in purgatory. She's getting cleaned up so that eventually, after she's suffered enough, she can go on to heaven. Isn't that nice? Oh, I hate to think of mom's suffering. She suffered a lot before she died. I know, I know. And so wouldn't you like to help her get out of purgatory sooner? You can buy what's called an indulgence. And if you buy an indulgence, depending on how expensive the indulgence is, we can reduce the amount of time that she has to suffer in purgatory, or if you give us enough money, We can get her out of there today. How about it? Wouldn't you like to buy your mom's way out of purgatory? Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess mom mom did a lot for me, and so I'll, I'll get her out of suffering. There you go. They were collecting money from ignorant, uneducated people who they kept ignorant and uneducated, all across Europe. And when they came to where Martin Luther was a priest, he was furious. He was furious at what was obviously a complete 
fraud being perpetrated on simple people by those who pretended to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. Instead of telling people the gospel and inviting them to trust in Jesus and surrender their lives to him and receive the Holy Spirit, they had salespeople out there telling people you can buy your way into heaven. Just give your money to the church. And there was going to be a huge sale of indulgences, fittingly, if I can use the term that way, on November 1st, All Saints Day. Because All Saints Day, remember, is the day that we honor those who have died. And so there's going to be a festival of All Saints Day. We invite people to the church to remember those who've died. What better time to get those who've died out of purgatory? Can, can I give money so that I don't have to go to purgatory when I die? Oh, definitely. I'd say in your case, about this much. Oh, that's a lot of money. Well, you could reduce your time in purgatory. Instead of calling people to repentance, instead of calling people to trust in Jesus, they were selling these indulgences. And the big sale was going to be on November 1st, All Saints Day. So on October 31st, the day before the sale, Luther went to the front door of the church where he was a priest and used those doors as the community bulletin board, which is what they were already being used for. Notices were often posted on the front of the church. He wasn't vandalizing the place. But what he posted was not, hey, be careful, Tetzel's a liar. What he posted was 95 theses saying this is true, this is true, this is true. 95 different things. And man, let me tell you, it's quite a list. You ought to read it sometime. 95 things. And what he said was, this is the truth, and I challenge anyone to debate me about these things. Well, uh, there was a whole lot of stuff in there. I mean, there was stuff about German nationalism and why should our money be going to Rome. He argued that I cannot believe that the person who's here selling these indulgences is actually doing the work of the Pope because surely the Pope would not tell such lies. Now, that's a nice way of saying what they say the Pope is saying is a lie. So that must not be what the Pope said. Surely the Pope would not lie. Did Luther know that the Pope was saying that? Don't know. He was trying to give the Pope the benefit of the doubt, at best. But I'll tell you this. What the Pope was saying was what Tetzel was doing, selling indulgences to raise money for the building in Rome. And it was a lie. It was an absolute lie. Luther wanted people to know the truth. So he not only wrote the 95 Theses, he also was working on a translation from the original into 
the German language. Because he wanted people to know what God says. He understood that it was the power of God's word that had changed his heart. Luther knew that God's word needed to be in the language of the people, and so he translated the scriptures into German. Meanwhile, God in his sovereignty had raised up a fellow to invent a printing press with movable type. This made it possible, at lower cost and greater speed, to make copies of the 95 theses and eventually of the Bible in German. In other words, an advance in technology made it possible for the gospel to spread like wildfire across Europe. Hallelujah. So, October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther nails the 95 Theses to the door of the Wittenberg Church. And when he did, the demons didn't like it. Tetzel didn't like it. It hurt his sale. He didn't make as much money as he was counting on. Word got back to Rome. Rome was not happy. Eventually, Luther was kicked out of the church, and they tried to kill him. Why? Because he was saying something that was dangerous. What was he saying? He was saying, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for the salvation of those who believe. Let me remind you what the gospel is. It's about the fact that Jesus died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried, and on the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures. You cannot separate the gospel from the scriptures. You cannot separate the truth of the gospel from the truthfulness of God's word. How important are the scriptures? I want to remind you. What I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried, he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. You cannot divorce the gospel from the scriptures. The Roman Catholic Church was trying to cut the scriptures out of people's reach. And I'm telling you, in my lifetime, Vatican II said, that needs to change. We, we need to make it so that people are, are free to read the Bible and encouraged to have Bible study and so forth. A lot of priests are very upset with that. Because if you let people start reading the Bible for themselves, <laughs> no telling what conclusions they might come to. That happened in my lifetime. Thank God for Vatican II. I'm still not a fan of Roman Catholicism, but I'll tell you this, it was worse in the 1920s, and it was worse in the 1800s, and it was worse in the 1500s. So now it's all good? No, here's the problem. Wherever people, Protestant or Catholic, offer something other than Jesus as the only way of salvation, people are being lied to. Anybody who's trusting in anything other than Jesus and him alone is still on the road to hell. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. 
It is the power of God for the salvation of those who believe. And because of that pivotal event that happened on October 31st, 1517, we celebrate that day marking a movement of God that didn't just happen on that day. We'll look, God willing, in future days at those who were before Luther and those who came after Luther and those who were also being used by God at the same time as Luther. And I'll tell you this, if you understand the Reformation, you will understand that it isn't over yet. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.